This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Just a great week. This club looking for their first AFC North win, Monday Night Football. We'll get to those previews later in the week. But you had a chance to watch the tape. And, I mean, I got to start with the guy, number nine, Joe Burrow, over the last few weeks. This guy is playing insane. I joked because I did tweet early on in the Saints game that man Joe looks Joe looks a little off right now and then what does he do almost throw for a thousand yards in two games and I'm not exaggerating right now um just insane what we've seen from Joe Burrow over the last few weeks a lot of people want to say look at the defenses that they face but he's still doing what he's doing and it looks like vintage 2021 even LSU's Twitter account says it looks a little 2019-ish Joe Burrow and that's always a good thing for Cincinnati Bengals fans he is in fuego. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, just on fire. I mean, the game he had this week was just, I don't know. If you think of like the top five plays he's made this season, there might be three of them from that game. I mean, like like the second best play from that game. I don't know what it would be for anybody, whether it's the out of structure, mix in, you know, falling backwards, just light toss. It's the throw to Boyd where he makes a one-handed catch throws it as he's getting destroyed by Grady Jarrett. Um, the Jamar Chase, as he said, is the best throw that Burrow's ever given him. All these things. It's like, it's like pick one. What's, what was uh, your favorite play? What was your second favorite? What was your third favorite? Those might be the three best plays he's had this season. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But through, you know, we were talking so much about the first four or five weeks where something was off, something was off. You know, the accuracy wasn't what it normally was. A little bit of uh, – taken the sacks he's you know his process is too sped up his process isn't fast enough yet he thinks he has more time than he does and then once that offensive line's playing a little bit better giving him the firm pocket he went nuclear this week and this change happened at the perfect time because they were able to get away with some okay not great burrow performances early in the season and now he's able to just drag them kicking and screaming whether they want to or not to victory. I think he did that in the Saints game. I would say this week was a all-around butt-whooping 
from <laughs> the Bengals on the Falcons, but you know, he, the offense is running through him and the offense is awesome. Yeah. It's funny because he was close to breaking his own franchise record. And a lot of people thought, you know, or you knew going in the last few plays that you could break that record. And he's like, I thought about throwing it, uh, but, but didn't do that, but still had himself a day. And it's crazy because a lot of people and all total yards was 501. They're like, wait, Joe's thrown for more than 500 yards in a game before. And everyone's like, yeah, I mean, did you see last season? I think a lot of people loved watching that Ravens tape in the second game. Uh, when you doubt Joe Burrow, he just proves everybody wrong. And honestly kind of felt that way after week one when he had his struggles. And, you know, just a lot of people forget that when you aren't getting the training camp reps, that it is brutal. And not even the preseason for me, but the training camp and just getting familiar with this new offensive line and being there with your offense. I think that was a huge factor and thought, if anybody can make it work, it's going to be Joe Burrow. This guy has been through so much in his football career life. I mean, you can go back to Ohio State, LSU, all of that, and then been able to prove, again, a lot of doubters wrong, win the championship with LSU. The number one overall pick deals with an injury, a gruesome injury in his rookie year, learns how to walk on Christmas of that year, and a year later, was winning the AFC and the NFL. So even though Joe struggled early in that week one game, definitely thought this guy's going to find a way to get back. And he's proving a lot of people that it might, maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe I'm, I'm riding the high right now, but he could be better than what we've ever seen in his NFL career so far this year. And it's a short, it's a, it's not a bit, it's not a long one. This is only second full season in the NFL. He's been in there for about two and a half years, but I've just been really impressed over just the last two weeks alone. And a lot of people talking about the shotgun, talking about, you know, what success he saw at LSU and how he ran it. Is, is it just really the adjustments that they've made over the last couple of weeks? I mean, I don't even want to – I don't like the excuse of the defenses that they've played. I, I want to give this offense a little more credit. Yeah, no, I think the offense – as we've been talking about, they are making some schematic changes a lot. It's almost all shotgun now, at least when they are trying to be in between. When it, when they're winning by 100 and, you know, there's getting under center a few times, that's fine. But, yeah, they went shotgun um, this game a ton. They did last week and the week before. The shotgun run game is their bread and butter now, just getting that duo gap downhill powers type stuff. So, seeing that and what that does is defenses before and what they still do usually at the beginning of games now is when they're in shotgun they're not really respecting that run they're just backing out of there they're trying to say we're, we're not gonna let jamar chase beat us and then you start getting hit eight yards eight yards whether it's underneath throws or it's you know joe mixon running eight yards 10 yards eight yards 11 yards defensive coordinators hate that just being dink and dunk down the field and, you know it's Though it's terrible for them because, you know, your guys are getting tired. Your defense is on the field. Your offense doesn't have the ball. You're also just mad because you don't want to be giving up eight yards of pop uh, because they keep getting all these advantageous looks for this underneath stuff. So then just drop that safety down. You know, you're not playing two safeties all the way back anymore. You drop a safety down or, you know, maybe they are respecting the play action just a little bit more. Um and that's when they go over the top. They did even go over the top against cover two. They were beating cover two underneath a lot uh, this week, but they went over the top on that play. Ooh, that poor safety. That'll be 
in his memory forever, a core memory that uh, he had Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins running right at him. And, uh, you know, you're in a bad spot. He has to cover both. Yeah, he covered nobody and fell down. And <laughs> if he even covers one, though, it, it's just, okay, so you go out and you cover Higgins and Boyd still up. You cover Boyd. There's a throw there to Higgins because he's going vertical. There's probably a touchdown on that side, too. So I feel for him. That he's in a, uh, he was in between a rock and a hard place, but he decided, uh, you know, to take the worst possible option, just fell to the turf monster there, trying to turn around and run with Boyd or trying to get over the top. So they're able to beat these softer coverages over the top and underneath, and they got the Falcons out of those coverages by pounding them underneath. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Early on in the season, uh, I caught myself kind of looking back at highlights from last season, and I hate to compare 2021, but it was just such a great year for this team. And you go on a Super Bowl run, you're going to talk about it a few times. And seeing them almost get back to where we saw they were this time last year, at least almost going into their bye two games in, that didn't go well. Joe Burrow remembers that. He talked about how huge it would be to go 3-0, and but obviously they're taking one game at a time. The first scoring play with Tyler Boyd kind of brought me back to what we did see from those highlights because Joe's throwing the ball downfield. He's throwing it over the middle. And what I like about that play is Ted Karras. I'm not sure if you were able to watch the interview in the locker room this week, but he talked about that. He was invited. Um, it's one of the things that I want to say, Zach Taylor, probably Brian Callahan, the quarterback coach. And the quarterbacks are in there the night before the game and they play a game. Guess what play we score on first. And paraphrasing a little bit here and Ted and Joe were getting dinner that night and, and Joe invited them. Hey, you want to come to our meeting and you know, you can guess what play you think we're going to score on first. And Ted Karras was the winner. And I don't think anybody's ever gotten it right. And he said that it was going to be the Tyler Boyd play. Um, but, but just overall, I just, I loved everything about that. And Ted's like, look, I, I, I take the Saturdays really serious. I'm not going to jump in or go back to those meetings unless I'm invited. And you can just see that, that early on connection that they have. I want to get to the offensive line in just a little bit. We'll, we'll focus on the wide receivers. And what we saw this past Sunday was what we've been asking for, what what you brag about when you talk about this offense, when you have all three of those receivers. Two weeks ago, we're like, does Tyler Boyd even exist on this offense? Why are they not giving Tyler Boyd the ball? And then he leads in yards, has the same amount of catches as Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase gets two TDs. Uh, T. Higgins was robbed of a touchdown. I will just say that right now because I'm selfish and I wanted him to have a touchdown and almost have 100 yards too. But this is the balanced offense when you're getting everyone the ball even Hayden Hurst almost 50 some yards he had some key catches out there too and it just felt so balanced and and again maybe it's an optimism but it felt better than than ever before when you think of the wide receiver room what did you love about it on Sunday nobody's really talked about it that was the most yards Tyler Boy's ever had in the game he broke his own oh. personal record um, his first record before that was uh, against the Bucks when he was 23 years old about four years ago. Uh, so yeah, 
Shout out Tyler Boyd. He broke his own personal record. I feel like everybody's just talking about, oh, they almost had three 100-yard receivers. But I remember I was I was writing my takeaways article, and I thought, and I wanted to look just to make sure, is this like his first 150-yard game? And yeah, it was. So shout out Tyler Boyd. He was awesome too. Uh, he usually doesn't. He's usually not the deep threat, but he scored the first deep touchdown, what, 50 yards through the air, something like that. And shout out Ted Karras on that play. What he called it, sure. He also made the best block on the play because uh, he knew he wanted some bragging rights. <laughs> Grady Jarrett um, is going against him. Grady Jarrett gets him a little bit off, and then he's able to recover and then clear him out so that Burrow has room to step up too. So he got pushed back a tiny bit, but then he's able to move Jarrett and push him out of the pocket to clear that window for Burrow to just launch very beautiful deep ball to Tyler Boyd. I know there's nobody in coverage, but just watching Burrow like throw, it just looks really nice. Um, but yeah, the wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, awesome, that deep ball. And then he almost had that second touchdown on that out route where he he won that from the outside. Another thing that I don't know if it's gets brought up enough, you know, he's such a slot receiver. And I've even gotten into it where I say like, yeah, they have a guy that only plays in the slot. Well, they put him outside and he beat the corner for an out route and almost a touchdown. So, you know, he's, he's better than I think he gets credit for a lot of the time, at least. I'll say I'll just say a lot of the time. Yeah, I think he's very good. I think at times during the offseason, things got so hyped up that, you know, everybody was saying, oh, you'd be a wide receiver one on 10 different teams. I'm like, uh, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, he is a good player. He's a very good player. And uh, I'm glad he had his game to show, show the world that he is not just the third fiddle, but he is good enough that you could run an offense through him. And they were able to um, on Sunday – Jamar Chase, also awesome. T. Higgins, one of the quietest 90-something yard performances of all time because everybody's just asking him to get a couple more. But usually if far as he was getting 90-something yards, hey, 90 yards, uh, let's – quick math here. Ninety. If he had 90 yards in every game this season, and I think he had more than 90 yards, that would be 1,530 yards on the year. So that is – yeah, that is not like some <laughs> oh, that's not even that good. Like, no, if he was doing that every game, that'd be amazing. But because of how explosive the offense was and how close they were to getting all three hundred yards, it almost feels disappointing. Yeah, and it's self I like I'm being selfish. I just wanted T. Higgins to get over a hundred because I'm like, look, this guy's finally full go. He had been battling that lingering ankle injury, and just the way everybody was performing, it would have just felt like the perfect day. Um, if T. Higgins was in the end zone too. And you know, it's just really crazy to think about all of those wide receivers. I know that Jamar Chase talked about the throw from Joe, and it was it actually happened right in front of me. And I saw Jamar Chase running into the the area, the corner of the end zone. I thought, you know what? He's going to catch this. It's going to be a touchdown because Joe and Jamar's chemistry, if you even watch Joe right before he throws it, you knew the two were going to connect. You knew this was vintage 2021. Like I said, even in the 2019 LSU days, that it was going to be fine. And I think it's incredible when Jamar Chase holds onto the ball. He has two defenders on him and then he pulls up and he pushes the defender off him as he gets up off the ground. And he's like, yeah, I just caught that. And then they all do the gritty in the end zone and, uh, and move on. But Jamar, man, he was hyping up Joe after the game and just really giving him credit to be like, Joe went off, Joe went off today. And sometimes look, Joe talked about it a couple weeks ago. He deactivated his social media. And I think he only 
activates it to post his uh, game photo at the end of the game if they win, and then he deletes it again. And I don't believe Joe is reading anything on social media. I truly don't. I think he does, you know, post that and, and kind of has that fun interaction, but then jumps right off of it. I, I, Joe's not listening, but you can't doubt no, it. I mean, you're right. Joe is listening. Joe's listening to our podcast. Um, shout out Joe. But uh, but no, I I'll say this. This is the point I was trying to make. Joe says he's not listening. But if he, I, I have a feeling Joe has this board and he's like his little darts at home. He's like, gonna do that, gonna do that. I'm gonna prove that person wrong. I'm gonna prove that person wrong. I'm joking, but but he comes out there and he just shows everyone like. Oh, you guys wanted to say, you know, I'm done or uh, that that was just luck for my 2021 season, having all these wide receivers. People want to talk and not to make this about Justin Herbert, but people want to talk about Justin Herbert, all, all the injuries that he's dealing with on his offensive line and, um, you know, what the Chargers have to deal with when it comes to injuries. Joe took a backup offensive line last year all the way to the Super Bowl. And we just dealt with it. We said, sorry, that's just his offensive line. And he's going to have to deal with it. And it's unfortunate that he's going to get sacked 70 times, but he still did what he did. And there's just, it's just, I, I just think it's incredible to look back on that. But at the same time this year to be like, a lot of people wanted to just say it's done. Joe's Joe's not going to be good. Everybody's figured Joe out. And it is, it's the comparison to Patrick Mahomes last season. Yeah, with Mahomes having his issues last season against the same coverages that everybody's saying the Bengals can't figure out. Um, look, both guys figured out. They're both awesome elite quarterbacks. That's just what it is. Then these guys aren't going to be held back for long. You know, you think guys have, you know, slow starts, rough spells, but when you're this good, that doesn't last. You know, it's not like you're looking at, you know, a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees or, uh, you know, one of those, or never, well, maybe your Rogers this year, <laughs> but uh, one of their seasons, and you're like, oh, there was a, there was a, a real bad season, like other like rookie years when they're hitting their prime. In their prime years, it's not like you look at five years in a row in their prime, and you're like, oh yeah, but he had that year where he threw as many picks as touchdowns, only three thousand yards. Like, that, that doesn't happen. So it didn't happen for Joe. Didn't happen for Mahomes. I'm sure. I think Allen even had the same uh, conversation before. Doesn't happen for him. You know, he's they're now they're all fireballs again. They're, they're just everything is fire. They have flamethrowers attached to their hands, all these elite quarterbacks. And uh so going into week eight, Joe Burrow's back, 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 back. Yeah, back, 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 gone. Back. I don't know. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> he's here. I think this is this is prime Joe Burrow, and we should just enjoy it. I don't think. I mean, it could happen. He had a few games last year that made you go, yeah, almost, you know, like or like not perfect, even the, during his run. I mean, for like, you know, I don't think it'll happen for like eight games this season. He has a slow start. I think now he's going to be good the rest of the way. Has to be good the rest of the way. But if he's awesome the rest of the way, you know, MVP, MVP. I think, I think he knows that too. I think. I think the players know. So, you know, if he plays this good, I'm not talking 500 yards, but just like this awesome, efficient, winning, all these things and gets, I don't know, number one seed, AFC, not out of reach. Number two seed wins the division. Just win the division, I think it's the big one. But win the division, uh, you know, you're 
up there statistically. I don't think these guys care too much about what you're doing consistency on film or anything, but you know, got the stats, win the division, you got the wins, you got the team, you got the narrative. Could happen. I, I'm not saying it is impossible. He is now fourth in MVP odds as well. We're going to get to more of that next in our next segment because we are running three minutes over and I'm just going to be nice to our producer, Nick. We're going to be back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.